Ah, it's just so lovely to see people. It really is, as Sherry says, we've all got used to a camera, but there's nothing like the real thing. It's great to have you all back in the building today. So I'm going to continue on today in the fourth week of our study of the letter from Paul to the Philippian church. And this letter was written while he was under house arrest in Rome, and he was unable to travel to visit with his brothers and sisters in Christ. Sounds familiar, right? Um, and I really have found this, so this similarity quite comforting, uh, considering the times that we are in. And as we're still not able to fully meet together, but yet this letter really encourage us, encourages us to keep growing in our faith. And it fully embraces the very real possibility of unity and fellowship and discipleship amongst believers, even while at a distance. Remember that discipleship, as we've said over the last few weeks, discipleship is about direction. It's not about the destination. It's simply about becoming more Christ-like. And in previous weeks, we've heard of the importance of partnership with God and with each other in our discipleship. And that journey is, it's much more difficult when we try and walk that out alone. Also, we've heard that humility plays a huge part in modeling Jesus. And it's such a virtue of the kingdom of God. And being humble sets a foundation for peace and for harmony amongst us. And then last week, Rob spoke to us about the analogy of the athlete that Paul uses and that idea of not looking behind us, but focusing very much on what's ahead, living in forgiveness and living in grace and not allowing our past to cause us to stumble. As Paul says, we must press on. And in today's passage, Paul is very much building on all those encouragements, I think, and he's asking the church to look to him and to look to each other for an example of how to live out this life following Jesus. In verse 17 in our Philippians reading, it says, Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. And in the Passion Translation, it puts it like this, My beloved friends, imitate my walk with God and follow all those who walk according to the way of life we modeled before you. I think I love that translation because it gives me that image of kind of following in somebody's footsteps, walking alongside. And Jesus is our starting point and our goal, but how do we keep focused on that goal? Well, Paul suggests by observing and following the example of those who imitate Christ, but he does warn that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. And in Paul's time, he's probably, possibly speaking about those of the Gnostic faith who were quite prolific and outspoken at the time, but also he is referencing some misguided Christians who were beginning to distort the principle of Christian freedom and distort the gospel of grace. And these people were using God to, well, to experience their own goals rather than glorifying God by pursuing his goals. They were twisting the gospel of grace. 
And it says in verse 19, it says, their minds were set on earthly things which resulted in either destruction or disappointment. How we think what's happening up here in our minds really matters. The writer and preacher Joyce Mayer says that where the mind goes, the man follows, and that we become what we think. Our minds translate into how we see the world and how we live. And being aware of having that earthly mindset, what our passage is telling us today, that's something we must be really vigilant about because it results in destruction. And that will look different for each one of us. But then verse 20 reminds us that we are actually not children of this earth. We are children of eternity. We are citizens of heaven. And in William Barclay's commentary, he explains that this was a picture that actually the Philippians could really understand. Philippi was a Roman colony, mostly populated by ex-soldiers who'd done their time and they were rewarded with this full citizenship. But these colonies, wherever they were, they remained unshakably Roman. So they still ate Roman food, Roman-style clothes were worn, they spoke Latin, Roman morals were still observed. And in this phrase, citizens of heaven, Paul is saying to the church, just as the Roman colonists never forget that they belong to Rome, so you must never forget that you are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven, and our conduct must match our citizenship. And it's through this lens of eternity that we see our purpose, and we should live out this life for Christ. But there's so much, there's so much in our day that makes that lens become misty and unclear so easily and so quickly. Um, in this book that I've read a few times now, actually, Lisa Bevere, her book, Adamant, there's just this paragraph that I thought was quite pertinent. She says, the reality of our day weighs on us all. There's never been a generation with more access to information and yet with less clarity of purpose. We have some very real challenges when it comes to healthy relational connections. We develop virtual personas at the expense of our actual relational connections. We have learned to flit from one thing to another, rarely staying long enough in one place before we are pulled away. And I think as I read this scripture, I couldn't help but think about those words, influencers and followers which are such a big part of our everyday language now. And I think being an influencer is seen as a big win. Being, having many followers is also seen as a big win. But as that quote from Bevere says, there's so much information coming at us that we are flitting from one thought to another so quickly that we can really become quite ungrounded quite quickly. We have to slow down and consider the examples that we're following. We need to slow down so that we can maintain that heavenly mindset. So just a few questions to think about. How, how much thought lately have you given to who is an influencer in your life? 
Whose example do you follow? How do you discern if they're leading you in the right direction? We really must be alert and prayerful and discerning in recognizing that which surrounds us that can maybe sabotage our relationship with Jesus and with each other. And we should be choosy and we should be aware of who we allow to influence us. And then juxtaposed to that, who do you guys influence? Who are you modeling life to? And what responsibility are you guys taking for that? Jesus had a worldview and he revealed it in how he lived and how he invested his time and effort. And I guess we should all be doing the same. Following an example is the way of the disciple. After all, God knew that we needed an example so badly that he actually put on skin and he came and he lived among us to show us how to live. Following his example of love and humility, surrender, obedience, purity, and suffering will bring the kingdom of God into our lives and into our neighbors' lives. And Paul saw the formation of Christ within the disciple as his main work. It was that important for him. And I think what he is saying to the Philippians and to us is to simply be intentional about imitating Jesus and modeling him to each other and be wise about who influences us and who we follow. In preparation for the talk, I've kind of been dipping in and out of a book called The Complete Book of Discipleship by Bill Hull. And his definition for a disciple of Jesus is this. A disciple is a student or a follower of Jesus. A disciple has decided to submit to at least one other person under appropriate conditions in order to become like that person as that person follows Christ. And I have to say, I think in the 10 or 11 years that I've been involved in ministry, it is those people who I have seen um, seek out mentoring or accountable relationships that I think have the most growth in their Christian maturity and the most stability in their faith. Because character develops in community. And I know that, that that can be hard to hear sometimes, especially for those of us who really consider our faith to be quite personal and quite private. But I think I would gently challenge you to rethink that, to be brave and with wisdom find someone who you recognize as a Christian who's a little bit further along the road of faith than you and maybe follow in their footsteps. And that doesn't always look like a one-to-one -one relationship or a one-to-one -one conversation. That can happen in a group of people. And following in someone's footsteps can look very different and in many different ways. You may be interested to know how they read their Bible, how they prioritize their time, how they use their finances, how they parent, how they live a single life, how they live a married life, how they pray, how they forgive. Many different aspects of our lives are part of our discipleship. And I think it's important to say as well that following an example is meant to encourage us and to bless us. It's not meant to cause feelings of 
jealousy or guilt or unworthiness. That's comparison. As Jesus says in our gospel reading today, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's why we need a humble heart. We need to simply come from a place of, I know that you are living a godly life and I want my life to look more like yours, to model my life on yours and not get caught up in the feeling of the stuff that we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Remember, we need to move forward, to press on. And Paul, in the final verse of our passage today, he says, Brothers and sisters, stand firm in the Lord in this way. In this way that I think we've been learning about over the last few weeks. In partnering with God and each other. In being humble and having a heart of submission. In pressing on towards the goal of knowing Christ. In keeping an eternal mindset. And in following the example of those who really love Jesus. All of these components in a disciple's life will give him or her the best environment in which to grow and to flourish as a follower of Jesus and to live out this gospel of grace. So let's just take a couple of minutes now just to pray and Sherry and Sive are going to come back up and we're going to respond to the word as they sing over us with um, all to Jesus I surrender. So let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you came to this earth to show us an example, to show us who you truly are, and to encourage us to become like your character, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would Give us hearts of humility. Give us hearts of surrender and hearts of submission. Help us be discerning, Father, as to who we follow. But I pray, Father, that you would help us to, to find people in our communities and in our lives that lead us deeper into a place of Christ-likeness. Thank you, Father, that there is a wonderful willingness amongst our church family to be vulnerable, to be open, to be guided. And I pray by your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would fan that more and more into flame, that we would see each other as examples of you and live out this gospel of grace. So come now, Holy Spirit, as we listen to these words as Sherry and Sive sing over us. Just bring a spirit of surrender, God, this morning. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen.